around for just the second time now. Got family in the house. Mike Beck, Badass Records, episode 36. How you doing? I'm good, Blair. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, coming uh, coming all this way of a Tuesday evening to yeah. hang out and bullshit with me. Oh, yeah. My busy schedule. Right. So, I had to wedge you in there. Um, <laughs> so I uh, had a, a work with today which is uh you can i guess have uh, a couple different kinds one um trainee gets in your car and you go around and see people or uh your boss gets in your car and he cruises around with you so and and today was the latter for me um but uh somehow some way in the middle of our six hours together uh ups came up and um I think it was because the customer that we were sitting with, like his oldest son is a few steps away from being a pilot. Oh, yeah. And then the customer's son is like about to graduate high school and wants to go in that direction. And so I guess if you, when you finish and you want to be commercial, you like sort of declare what airline you're going to work for. Oh, yeah. I figured maybe they jumped around, but anyway um and so wages came up and so they were talking about the earn- potential earnings for a pilot that flies commercial flights with people on them versus right. people that fly planes with packages on Cargo, them. Right. uh and i guess i guess the wage for both has really gone up in the middle of all of this nonsense but apparently right. um the cargo stuff is a real good pay yeah. um and I think from there it parlayed into uh, everybody at all three of us at the table knew somebody that had logged like basically an entire career with UPS. And mm-hmm. my boss, the same, the guy that he knows is like right. slim <laughs> and like kind of, you know, still well put together. And uh, he didn't really go in the direction of, um, uh, how things wound up for that person financially as a retiree from from that company, but it, but I kind of got the impression that it wasn't terrible. No, um, I, have a, I have a nice pension still. So, yeah. Okay. Does it yeah. run out at some point or? Um, well, if I pass away, um, Tracy will get three fourths of it. Um, you know, there was options. You could take all of it. You could defer part of it, so your spouse would be taken care of and. So that's what we did. And, okay. Yeah. What did you did you do? Twenty years. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. God yeah. dang. Yeah. Um. And uh, how how long have you been out now? Uh, it's this is my tenth year. Okay. Yeah. Um. We're going on ten. And was did for you in hindsight, uh, the timing of when you got did it was it a good call or should you? Well, no. I I probably would have stuck around longer. Um. You know, Tracy's got that illness, and I was 500 miles away every night in the middle of the night, and, you know. You, know, you were? You yeah. had nothing happening locally? No, I was driving over the road by then. Um, you did? the lo- like Wagner, Oklahoma, or, you know, somewhere out in Kansas, a lot of times east of St. Louis. Okay. And it was, um, you know... That was stressful enough, but knowing, like, if Tracy needed something in the middle of the night, she wouldn't be able to drive anywhere, and 
Um, so that was the way it turned out was good. Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, I started there when I was 17 with another buddy, went to St. Peter's up here with me and, um, you know, it was going to be a summer job, three fifty an hour <laughs> part time. Right. But that, I mean, that was, we quit our jobs at worlds of fun for a buck 75. So we doubled our wages just on one jump there. Wow. Had, just barely 17, I guess I was. Uh, wow, that's such a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a dude that, uh, Ryan Sickler, he's a stand-up comic. He hosts a podcast called The Honeydew, and he just talks with comics mm-hmm. a, about stuff that they've been through. But he logged, uh, I think, not quite that many, but he logged a, a smaller handful of years. at, at a, He's from uh, Baltimore. So anytime, and he's, I mean, is he 150 plus episodes in now? But every single time without fail, UPS comes up. He he plugs his hub. He says the address and whatever the name of the hub was. um, So you you did for a minute have local stuff, right? Yeah, for over 20 years. Okay. And and Mm -hmm. that every once in a while, uh, if you were unfortunately clocked in on christmas eve you, you yeah. might finish in time to yeah it was there are some brutal hours yeah that's for sure but at least the company they made a commitment you know yeah to get all them christmas presents delivered no matter <laughs> what and right um yeah it, it's the best job you could ever hate actually right you know i mean right they're on you about production and appearance and everything else and, appearance yeah oh, okay yeah. oh you couldn't have a Mustache past the corner of your mouth, no beard, no sideburns past the middle ear, no hair on the collar. I think they've thrown all that out okay. the window now I mean, because, I mean, if you can find somebody to work for you, you want to hire them. Yeah. You're not going to worry about a tattoo or something. Right. Um, so, but then when you switched, where I mean, every time you make a run, are they putting you up in a hotel room? No. Oh. You have to go down and come back. Uh, all It's all or, one round-trip like shot. I mentioned that one, Wagner, Oklahoma, which is somewhere around Tulsa. Okay. But, uh, I would meet another driver pulling doubles from Dallas, and I'd give him my load, you know, that either went to Dallas or Houston or somewhere that way. Uh-huh. He'd give me his stuff either coming into Kansas City or maybe even going to Minneapolis. So we just keep moving it a little bit closer. So the responsibility of everything on the truck is in the hands of you two? Yeah, we'd meet. With no... We'd meet in the back parking lot of a convenience store sometimes. And, you know, you'd crank down your legs, you'd back out from your load and hook up to the other one, make sure all your hoses and lights and stuff, and head back north every night wow yeah and there was no divide is this all like pen and paper or printed out or uh, no we had we had electronic stuff to oh, track okay. our miles okay. and our hours for dot purposes right and stuff like that but, but uh, as far as the, the all the parcels i mean well, is I, it... did, I did my share of loading and unloading trailers when i was a teenager so right this was I but I mean, today had to handle a cardboard box after I got out of package car, which is the local. Oh, stuff. okay. It's yeah. just a thing. Is you're just driving an eighteen wheeler. Okay, okay. A twenty-two wheeler. Right. You're pulling doubles. <laughs> uh, um. So, uh, 
gosh, I, I did we was it 1982 when we met? Oh, somewhere. Your guess is as good as mine. Somewhere in there. Um, so your sister married my father somewhere around 1982, okay. and at that one well, at that point, I'm of course introduced to the whole Beck clan. Mm-hmm. Um, and was it? Sixty four seventeen was that the McGee sixty four twenty four sixty four twenty four three blocks away from there I, I That's know where I spent my whole teenage years it's, I think so um but who which of the kids were born when you guys were living in that house was everybody which of the kids you and your sister and brother oh yeah everybody was born oh, yeah. when. Well, you know, Elaine's eight years older than me, and Dale's nineteen years older. But than they me. didn't. They didn't live somewhere else first, and then Elaine still lived there. Okay. But as far as no, none of us were born there. Oh. I, I'm not sure where Dale was born, but they lived in San Francisco. They lived in Osawatomie. Okay. Um, I know I was born in Kansas City, but. Um, I never remember the house they say I was born at. Ah, okay. Fifty-four thirty-five Woodland is where I remember growing up as a little kid. Sure. Up until we moved in, I think it was in between third and fourth grade. Okay. Um, do you know how your mom and dad met? Mm, somebody set him up. Some, I think, like one of my dad's cousins knew Ginevra and uh, introduced him. And don't know that story as well as maybe my older brother or somebody, but right. Um, so you you move into that place and are you immediately at St. Peter's? Yeah, and you're there mm-hmm. through eighth. Yeah, and then Hogan. Two years at Hogan. Okay. They didn't really want me to come back my junior year, so really, yeah. Well, a lot of people were leaving anyway. A lot of people that that I'd met that went either to. St. Peter's or St. Francis or <clears throat> other schools, and it seemed like there was an exodus, um, you know, in between that time. But um, it was a horrible story. I decided to drive my Yamaha 125 through the hallway, went in one door and out the back. It sounds pretty I awesome, actually. had my helmet on. <laughs> I must have just seen, like, you know, the evil Knievel movie or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they thought probably would be a better idea if I didn't come back. So, oh, okay. Um, you know, could have been a tragic story, but if I hadn't had to go to Southwest, I would have never met Tracy. And we would have Southwest. never had three kids. Uh-huh. Uh, right over... Uh-huh. Uh, wh- yeah. Any? Do you know... Um, so, it's been a couple of years now, um, but St. Peter's did um, a remodel. And so for a semester, the, all, the whole student body studied abroad over at Southwest. Yeah. Um, I did hear that St. Peter's, I don't know, opened up part of that uh, while they were doing remodeling. But I don't know. I, I think it's just sitting empty. Now. Well, it's so it's a, it's a phenomenon because um, we – Typically, we'll take camp chairs on the 4th of July and sit on the outside of the western fence, okay. just the side, the side street behind it, to watch tons of people just yeah. locally shoot off fireworks. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, 
uh, it's a curiosity to the kids to like go like, why is this empty? Why is mm-hmm. nothing? How come this is available for us to be in for half a year? Mm-hmm. And then since then, um, most kids, my sister's age, at least, uh, if they're there or around they're, they they've all got stories of somebody going up, you know, and putting their hands to the glass and they can supposedly see people oh, really like some squatters uh-huh. maybe inside. Um, and then when all of the, um, when, when, when it was about to happen, when the move was about to happen, uh, there was a lot of conversation happening about, um, how supposedly when it was built, it was like state of the art and tons of money and, and had all of these things, but then it just eventually kind of quit getting used, I guess. Yeah. And it, it really doesn't make sense does it i, I don't know kansas it's... city school district you know where are the schools out here between westport and center which is another district i mean there's southeast and what i there's not another school so I, then you I wonder why nobody wants to send their kids to public schools well not if you'd have to bus them 20 miles each way you know right so, yeah i don't know i don't the they could use it for something. I mean, you would, you know, it was funny as uh, St. Peter's had to pay something like seven grand a month in rent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how for a f- building that's going unused, how do they feel like it's that's a legitimate rent to charge? Well, it's probably still has upkeep, might have utilities. Right, know? right. Um, but I don't know. Um, so what year did you wind up there? I went there 76 and 77. And do you have any idea how long it had been open at that point? No. No. Since maybe the 50s. Oh, really? I remember there was a bomb shelter built into it. Okay. Because of the, back then, the old Cold War scare. And, right. Yeah. But I don't know when it was built. Okay. Um, and Tracy, she was already going there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She went to Bingham Junior High and then uh, all four years there. Where's she, Bingham? It used to be right behind 75th and Warnell. Okay. Um, where uh, Hale Cook is right over there these days. Yeah. Elementary school, anyway. I'm trying to think of the shopping mall. Um, the kind of L-shaped shopping mall that's got a Goodyear up there. Yeah. It was, in, it was back there. Oh, like, oh yeah, there still is a school right there. Oh, there's a building there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to chef at a spot right there and if you walked out into the alley you could see all the field mm-hmm. and every once in a while around dusk you'd see some kids on the roof trying to screw around and, oh, yeah. and trying to get in a window or mm-hmm. something but mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so so she I, I don't don't know if i knew that you guys met in high school she's she's born and raised kc um yeah independence but okay yeah, yeah. right okay so you guys met in high school and then have and then started dating then or yeah we did for a year and then it you know that kind of just went away and met her a few few years later when would it have been maybe seventy eight or seventy nine um, I me and Curtis my friend that I was talking about. We were getting off work from UPS at sometime between 9.30 and 10, you know, working a part-time shift, and we were going to meet 
everyone out at Pogo's, <laughs> right? The 18 bar. And uh, we come walking in and our friends are already there and they're smiling about something. Like, oh, you know who's here, Mike? And, you know, I didn't know what they were talking about, but Tracy was a waitress out there, a cocktail waitress. Oh, really? Black leotard and the whole deal, you know? And so I asked her if maybe I could call on her and the rest is history. <laughs> Did you use that actual phrase? Yeah, Can no, I call on you? Probably not. So do you want to party? Right. <laughs> Good sir, I'd like to call on your third third daughter. Mm-hmm. It pleases thee. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not entirely sure. You, somebody set them up, you said, your folks. Yeah. Um, and then did they play music in the house over on McGee when you were? Yeah, my dad had... Some old big band okay. albums, Tommy Dorsey, Glenn Miller, um, that kind of stuff. Okay. And, of course, Christmas albums. Yeah. I mean, he could stack as many as he could on that turntable, you know, and back then they were pretty thick anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it would always be the warped one on the back, on the bottom, so all of them would be like riding the waves on that tone arm. This is a, a thing where the, the 45s. You can also the, do the 45s. You had to have the adapters, yeah, right? Yeah, but there's a stack over here. Oh, and he then... was so proud. He bought uh, a big console thing, you know, or the lids lift up yeah. and the speakers are down in the red velvet. Yeah. Had a tape deck in there. Which oh, he, wow. Yeah, he didn't know how to do that. <laughs> I, I started recording off of records you know tapes way back then it was i've always loved creating playlists oh yeah you know you always want to hear your favorites off of each album maybe and maybe not some of the background b-side stuff right um yeah that was a we did have music in our house so Um, was he was he the only one allowed to operate it or no everybody could no, I probably got scolded for doing something wrong, yeah. turning it up too loud, <laughs> whatever. But uh, did your do you, did your mom have any favorites that you can remember, or was it mostly just him playing she stuff? She like she liked a lot of show tunes, but I don't remember her owning anything. Okay, um, I remember after she took me to see Mary Poppins, I think we bought the album. <laughs> nice. Um, Annie Lane, she was hooked on her. Uh, teeny bop rock back then had a stack 45s you know hundreds of them oh my goodness um, one of our uncles who lived up in nebraska his job was going around to the uh, cafes and bars and uh, restocking the jukeboxes and he'd just he'd give her all kinds of stuff you know after it wasn't on the top 40 oh, anymore that's what is is that what restocking means pulling out something that's no longer as popular and replacing it with something that is right you know i guess there's a counter on there like ah. if the beach boys are getting 100 hits and mickey rooney's only getting two you might check his record out and so she had bunches and i i started listening to that you know Herman's Hermits, Dave Clark Five. Nice. I said the Beach Boys. Yeah. That was kind of her era. And as far as Dale, I mean, he had some, I think it was all R&B stuff back then. Okay. Maybe Sinatra. Sure. He mentioned a group called the Ink Spots. I've never even heard of them. But Me either. I can imagine four guys in skinny little ties, <laughs> you know, in sync. Yeah. Um, and it's probably really good music. I'm just not familiar with right, it. Right, right. Um, 
and and uh, did this th- this uh, the stereo that he bought? Did it have radio on it too? Yes. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. AM FM in it did too. did you get the old uh, you know the like the scene and uh, I guess the token scene for this is Christmas Story where they all gather around the mm-hmm. radio and to listen to a program. Did you guys have yeah. have any of that happening? No. 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 Okay. That might have been a generation or two. I know people did sure. listen to radio sure. programs. Um. You mentioned uh, always having loved making playlists. Uh, you've kind of been uh, Mr. Project guy yeah. of late. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, on the way to the restroom over there, just outside the restroom, is a, a wooden crate with fragile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's been there for, I mean, it's been down here for. Yeah, yeah. Four years, maybe now. Yeah. Did Jess just have it? Yeah, I think it might be Kyle's turn. Kyle's year. turn. Okay, think? I think so. Yeah. I think so. So this guy uh, basically handcrafted a replica, right, yeah. of of the Christmas Story leg lamp crate. Did did Ooh. you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're asking in the third person. Yes, he did. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and this came to be. Uh, on a Christmas Eve at Elaine's, right? That's when the rest of us found out about its existence. Did you have it delivered? Or did you deliver it yourself? How did it go? I did. Elaine swears that I had UPS in on it because there was a delivery right next door, you know, about the time I I rang the doorbell and ran around to the back. But <laughs> no, I pulled into the back or back lot and I think guess Greg and I snuck it up there. Nice. Well, so, um, and the way, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but so it, it, did it, did it start, did it stay there or did it go to your, your brothers that year or? No, that was, you know, we were going to do it, uh, chronologically by yeah. age, but it just made more sense for Elaine to have it that year. Okay. And then it went to Dale and okay. then to me and okay. then. And then down the chain to you guys. So how long would ha, has it been since you had it? Do you know off the top of your head? Eight. Eight years? eight years? Okay. Well, I got it. I could count how many people have had it, but... Right. Um, well... All three of Dale's kids. Right. All of the top generation, six, and then Tiffany's had it. Yep. Maybe nine years. Yeah. Maybe ten. Well, um, I, I have to say, in case you don't already know... Uh, the, so everybody has it for a year and, and, and you, there's a scrapbook and there's a board game and uh, of some other accessories. Uh, you know, it's a major, the, the paperwork, it's a major award. Yeah. Uh, but, um, the scrapbook has pictures of the leg lamp from the year that it was in your own home. And then you write mm-hmm. next to your, the pictures, you write a little entry and when, the whole thing came to me from Jeff Beck. Everybody had been doing a really great job. Mm-hmm. And and then I think I started the train wreck to, yeah. to where there's there's uh, many years need entries at well, this point. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought Jessica was going to punch it up when it, she had it because uh, it was almost getting full or maybe we needed a second one anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that she is still, she likes to shepherd projects and mm-hmm. 
corral the troops and all that. I'm sure she will still do that. Um, I actually started a draft. I have pictures. I started a draft, and then I, when I read it the next day, I th- I thought it was garbage. Well. Um, but so I I I got to get my mine in there, and then hopefully the chips will fall right, right. behind me, and then we'll be back mm-hmm. on track. But yeah, so just bring it at Christmas, and whoever's got it can. Add it where it goes. Right, right. You better get something in there before it's Adeline's turn to have it. <laughs> Say, where my dad didn't get the lamp? Well, <laughs> I mean, she she's what the the pictures are. There's two pictures, and they're both of them, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, gaping lovingly struck, at right. the lamp. Yeah. yeah. So they would be if if you know, if we went to somebody's house and that album was there, and she flipped through it, and our stuff wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. She would be like, "What is the matter right, with you, Dad? You got some motivation now." <laughs> um, so the leg lamp project, which has been so so fun, um, in fact, uh, it, it's come with the crate. Uh, you know, I I kind of passively aggressively griped that because <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was such a dummy. Jeff dropped it off on my side porch, and so when I came into the kitchen. I, I could see it through the door. I was like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah. And so And then I just heaved it in and totally gouged my floor oh, and no. then wrestled it all the way across and, and got it down here. Uh, and then the next year when it didn't leave, I was like, that's part of the thing. You got to, yeah, like, yeah. wrestle to get it. Uh, yeah. And then it didn't leave the year after that and the year after that. And now... Like I don't want it to. I like oh, having yeah. it here. <laughs> you store stuff in it? No, but I mean, it's a nice place to set my drink yeah. uh, when I go into the restroom. But yeah. uh, I think we should we should encumber my son at least. Oh, yeah. your your offspring for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but so such a fun generate such a fun tradition. Um, but you you also so we talked. Gosh, I mean, a handful of months ago now, um, about trying to get out on the lake uh, for uh, you know an out an afternoon outing, and you were like, and the next time I saw you, you were like, I, I got I rented it three times, mm-hmm. so you so you did you planned for three boat days for the summer, yeah. uh, and then after the boat day that we got to take part in was I, I feel like the the playlist thing really kind of sprouted wings uh-huh, okay. and so you took to facebook right and and wanted to uh-huh. ask for input and yeah that was fun tell me about it uh, well it was mostly that i just wanted to listen to some music not just one album or anything but you know stuff that calms you down you know maybe watching the sunset type of music sure. uh just chill and i you know i've done it plenty of times before um, just thinking, oh, that sounds good or this or that. And, but I thought if I got other people's input, it would engage people, number one. And it ended up making me listen to stuff that I wasn't that familiar with or really kind of blew off, you know, and said, if this is what other people like, it's going on the playlist, especially since I asked them for contributions. Right. And, uh, secretly I probably had, 25 to 30 of the 100 that I wanted that I knew was I'm going to put on there, you know, like Mystic, Into the Mystic, or, you know, that was somebody 
requested that and I said okay that's one I don't have to take credit for <laughs> but that was that embodied that song embodied what I wanted that playlist to be like okay know? I love it and uh so out of the ones I picked there was only like four that didn't get picked by somebody else so, okay okay well, that's pretty cool yeah know? so what was the total runtime of the project for you from the idea to okay oh, now it's available uh, i guess a week a week okay yeah. uh and it lives on spotify right that's where it is and what's it called zen du jour that's right zen du jour on spotify uh what he procured is that the right word by mr mike beck himself <laughs> thank you uh so we had the playlist we had the the boat days we had the leg lamp crate and then just recently you've been doing a, a porch renovation yeah. right and what was uh what was the how did this idea come to be was it a want or based or a need based or both um i guess both um we've lived in that house for 35 years Dang. almost okay and that i think it was built in 77 so sometime between then and when we moved in in 89 that porch was already on there. I'm thinking that porch has stood for 40 years. Wow. And like I've had to repair the screen, you know, over and over, uh, nail holes, staples, you know, and burn holes in the carpet. And, um, you know, it was just run down. And as long as I'd been there, I never treated that wood, you know, never put any, uh, any kind of water seal or stains. So right. I, I figured it's time, and my biggest fear was taking up that astroturf-looking carpet. Yeah. That maybe that slab, the 16 by 20 slab, would be all, you know, gnarly. And uh, luckily it wasn't. I mean, there was one hairline fracture in it, but the ends, you know, where the posts stick up, they weren't cracked or anything. And so I was happy about that. And um, while it was my idea, Greg, my son Greg, did most of the work. Okay. I was, I was like the on, <laughs> on-site supervisor. Sure. And I helped. I mean, I helped him, you know, so he wouldn't have to get up and down a ladder when he needed stuff, but he did most of the work. Okay. And I've been getting a lot of people say, oh, that's a good job, Mike. And uh, I just now, want to make sure he gets top billing on that. So, uh, I mean, did everything, like all of it but the concrete slab get taken out and start from scratch or you just were you just no, no sanded and power washed the wood okay uh kyle came over one day and helped help stain it they put two coats of stain on it and then brand new screen um and that was the hardest part is taking all them staples out oh i bet i mean i ripped off the screen in like 10 minutes but it left you know little nails little staples and so one whole day greg and i were out there with needle nose pliers and cry crowbars and a lot of patience yeah and it, you know he couldn't really sand it or do anything till he got that out right after that was done he got it done in a little over a week okay a new carpet new screen he bought me some new light fixtures we uh repainted the, the ceiling fan got a new switch for it it looks nice it's nice and have, is, is it done done yeah. Are you and so have you like enjoyed it already? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. The last post I saw um, was well, there was something about a door. How many pieces of wood? Oh yeah. What was that? What was the question? 
how many, I said, uh, number one, how many pieces of wood should it take to build this door? Mm-hmm. The frame, not the door itself, or but the frame or the door itself? Door itself. Okay. You know, and, and I said discerning instead of discerning, I, how many pieces do you see? And people are guessing 19, 22, there's 46 pieces of wood in a door. Really? It looks like. It should be one, two, three, four, and a crossbar. 46 pieces. Some of them are only like two inch by two inch. Huh. So I'm hoping that all the little Chinese finger joints and super glue that they use, I mean, the first time it gets wet, if it just falls apart, I'm going to be pretty upset. Where is it from? Well, I bought it at Ace Hardware. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did a comparison with some that had a bunch of shipping. If oh, yeah. They said they could ship it out here from Kearney, Missouri, but it costs more than the door. So that was a little fun day trip that Tracy and I took up to northern, uh, wherever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a wall, I mean, I always, um, I've camped at Wallace State Park a couple times, and it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just on the other side of Kearney, or they're okay. real close to each yeah. other. Yeah, it was past Liberty and Excelsior Springs, and then maybe the, another... Five ten miles up. Okay. Uh, so well, if that's done, what, do you already have something else in the queue, or are you just gonna take it easy for a little bit, or? No, well, we got an anniversary coming up next week, and my birthday's at the end of next week, and so uh, my birthday or our anniversary's Monday, and I was hoping maybe Tracy'd like to go out and see the Raiders game on Monday night. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't get a real happy response. <laughs> I said they were only $310 a piece for lower level. Right. Come on. Right. <laughs> uh, we we spent money redoing that porch, so we're just going to try to save up some more and probably get ready for the holidays. Sure. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about um, my Chiefs Broncos tickets to end last season? Uh-uh. So I... Uh, I had a tradition with two college buddies that live in Colorado. They're longtime Broncos fans, and they would come out for the Chiefs game, and I would go out for the Broncos game. And that Mm -hmm. lasted a decade, and then kids, you know, everything just kind of fell off. So we sort of casually talked about reviving it. Uh, he, he And he lived on the front range for a good handful of years Uh with on the waiting list and then moved to Durango six hours away and is, you know— barely got the keys to his new place in Durango and his number comes up for the waiting list. Oh, yeah. So he, but he, and he did it anyway. Yeah. I think he, <clears throat> I think he tries to get rid of, uh, one or both, uh, preseason games. And then, you know, I think he sells a few of them and then mm-hmm. they make the trek anyway. Um, so last winter he's like, uh, man, I, you should come out. Um, so and so's coming with, and and I have another buddy in Denver who wanted to go from KC and his mm-hmm. son, mm-hmm. and uh, he is like he lives in a very different income bracket than I do, and he was like, I don't want to sit in any cheap seats. Oh yeah, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, you know, I'll, I'll Venmo you for my two tickets, but uh, if we're gonna get cheap seats, I'd rather just sit on my couch at home. And I was like, okay, so I go on secondary market. And drop twelve hundred dollars for three tickets, yeah. and then I mm-hmm. book myself. Adeline has a, a Saturday morning gymnastics meet, 
So I, I, I get a late after Saturday afternoon flight for a whatever it was, a 12 or a, a 1 o'clock, no, an 11 o'clock kick out there because it's 12 here. Okay. And then I'm flying back home Monday morning. And uh, so, so the week leading up to that game, we hit like Monday or whatever, maybe Sunday evening, and the league flexes the game from an 11 o'clock Sunday kick to an 11 o'clock Saturday kick. Saturday? Yeah. Oh, and you've already booked your flight? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I won't be there. I mean, like, uh, I no. get on the plane, like, probably as the fourth quarter's expiring. There's n- Anyway, yeah. uh-huh. that was uh, uh, a big... Big oh, ordeal. Man, that sucks. Well, I ended up getting like a voucher and whatever, but uh, I was like, "Don't we usually flex like noon or three kicks to seven that same evening? <laughs> like, what yeah. what is happening here?" I think yeah. If the, I think maybe if they're gonna flex something, it should be later or even the next day, not earlier. Yeah, because I mean, the ticket broker didn't give a fuck about. It. They're like, I mean, it's not our problem. Not our problem. Yeah. Yeah, huh. um, but you know, I for the few people like me, you're going to inconvenience. You're positioning yourself ratings wise to mm-hmm. generate more. So I guess that's why they did that. But um, so they, speaking of which, the Raiders finally got their first win and knocked off. I didn't get to watch any of that game. Did you? Um, no. Knocked well, off yeah, the Broncos. I had it on for a little bit, but okay. I didn't watch. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'd, I'd say pretty, pretty nice performance from the Chiefs Sunday night. Would you agree? Yeah. Maybe the best game so far this season. Um, I mean, one or two little mistakes, but not like the Colts game. I don't know. Those were imposters. That couldn't have really been the Chiefs I just, that showed up It there. was, uh, to me, the whole week leading up, I was like, this reeks of trap game. Yeah. Overlook the opponent. Yeah. Just. You've already given yourself the W before you even get on the plane. Well, with as tough as our schedule, you kind of look for, oh, this is a give me, and you can't help it. But it is kind of, maybe it's a jinx to think, that, you know, we'll get past the Colts and then we got to worry about Tom Brady. Right, know? right. Um, they just made too many mistakes from the get-go. Have you, how dialed in have you been with all the stuff going on with him the last couple months? With? Tom Brady. No, nothing. I I heard him and his wife aren't getting along. Maybe I saw but... I saw a tweet this afternoon that said they've uh, acquired divorce lawyers. Yeah, I see. I don't know. Yeah, it's not well. So he sort of went missing, or he just wasn't around for oh, yeah. whatever part of preseason training. And then when he did reappear, he physically looked really weird, like his cheeks were all like sunken like thinner like he had some work done and then mm-hmm. when he finally took the podium for the first time of course everybody was like what's been going on and he was like i'm i'm 45 years old man i gotta take care of some stuff and that's about as detailed as he got oh yeah but yeah. anyway it's not high on my radar what tom brady's up to but... <laughs> it's not <laughs> mine either but I'm some sorry. stuff just sneaks in yeah uh interesting cat uh and i i mean the it's it's come to me basically it's come to be almost universal truth it would seem that everybody is just wholeheartedly agreeing that he is the goat the greatest of all time mm-hmm. to play the position for my money i always thought montana 
Um, you yeah, know, he had a good dynasty. Yeah, right? and uh, a couple of you, you have four titles and three MVPs, or was yeah. it three titles? Terry and two? Bradshaw had a had a good streak going in Pittsburgh too, but and uh, who was down in Dallas? Um, yeah, um, of course it's not. Uh, Staubach, Danny White. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they've had a few. You're yeah, right. yeah. Roger is probably the one I was thinking of. Uh, I just saw a a, a clip from um, Fox NFL's TikTok account of Terry sitting at the desk, like the field side desk, mm-hmm. with Michael Strahan and somebody else, and they it opens with them saying. Um, you have something you want to say, right? And it, camera cuts to Terry, and he talks about these two uh, bladder and I forget the other one, but two different ca- battles with cancer. Oh, yeah. um, I guess I guess he's been maybe absent or hasn't been around as much, and so now I guess now he's back. But it was uh, it was touching. I, he he, you know, uh, I I wouldn't be. For several years, I've kind of been like, fucking retire, dude. Yeah. Like, you're just a blabbering. Yeah. But, you know, when you hear something like that, you, you feel for him a little bit. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Um, so he's talking about these two bouts, and then it goes back to Strahan and whoever else is with him. And Strahan just lays it on thick, and he's like, you know, it, it's it's great to hear you share uh, that, and we're, we're so happy to see you, and so happy that you're cancer free right now and doing well. But what I can't figure out is why did it take two bouts of cancer for them to figure out that there was something wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Cause there was already, forget about the cancer. There was already plenty wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, uh, yeah, I hope the imposter that showed up to play the Colts. I hope, yeah. hope that was the case. Cause you, I mean, there really isn't a spot on this, a stretch on the schedule where you could go. I, we should get... I can't see it, but everybody in the AFC West, they, you know, in the off season, they rebuilt their teams for one reason to be able to beat the Chiefs. Yep. You know, and, uh, like Denver, uh, beefing up, getting, uh, Wilson from the Seahawks and they're spending money. I forget who the defensive players didn't the Raiders get a uh, Dominican Sue or, uh, were... or, Khalil Mack, did he? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they got good pass rushers now, and I think they, you know, I think Carr is a decent quarterback. I don't know that he's always had protection or right. maybe a quarterback's coach that, you know, can help him, you know, learn the tendencies of defenses better. He does throw a lot of interceptions, but he's got a rocket. And then there's always the Chargers that are – breathe it down our neck i mean i i happened to see maybe going into this past sunday that keenan allen was hurt and um i feel like that tends to be the deal with them is that uh if and when they have everybody healthy they're mm-hmm. they're a force but they it always seems like somebody's out or something's going on but you know if they can maintain some semblance of healthiness i mean yeah, it's going to be a battle. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so you have 
some now you know post UPS and and time for all these couple of projects here and there. Um, but in that in the mix of all those things happening, you became uh, an empty nester. Yeah, um, right. What is it like having adults for children? Well, it it was helpful. I mean, we never really got in each other's way. We were it's used to being around. Um, but, uh, are you talking about when they were still with? No, I mean, just now, like you guys uh, raising one kid is a 20 year endeavor and you did it three times over and now it's, it's a, like just a different stage of life for you, I guess. All I can tell you is we can't wait to to see him. I know. Isn't that? Yeah. It's ironic that you're thinking, all right, we finally, you know, don't have to worry about this or that. But um, by the time they all got out, um, you know, they were working, they could afford some rent and, um, yeah, we missed them and we probably thought that it was too early or they're going to have trouble and. Uh, like every parent would probably sure but um i don't know it's it, that's the whole purpose of parenting is to prepare a human being to get out there and spread their wings yeah um so you got you and tracy um do you guys still because you, you 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 mentioned her health thing you've had a couple of your own um do you guys both still have stuff ongoing in sort of a daily sense that affects you from those things or no? No, yeah. I mean, having colon cancer, having part of your colon removed kind of changes your habits a lot. I bet. And um, she has to do an injection like three times a week, um, you know. To to help with her vision or what? No, just to help uh, suppress any kind of relapses okay and so far so good okay um so you mentioned you guys spent some money for that renovation and now save up and um do you i know it's become cliche but i mean are there uh do you guys both have bucket list items yeah Yeah. i've been doing them since i retired okay matter of fact um one of them was seeing a Wrigley Field. Okay. So when I went up to see your sister, that right. was a that was a bucket list. Nice. Uh, went to the hundredth running of the Indy Five Hundred. Really? With a uh, oh Kyle, my god, Kyle, Greg, and Charlie. Cool. And we stayed in this lady's backyard with like a half a million other people. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh my Camped god. Out. Oh, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. Oh yeah. Why? Oh, well, I've done it before with another buddy because. The track is right in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Okay. You know, and uh, people let you park in their front yards for 10 or 20 bucks, you know, and then other people let you camp in their backyard for the weekend and they'll put up a couple porta potties or whatever. And uh, yeah, a friend of mine from work, we've gone up there a couple times, but it wasn't the hundredth running. I mean, if there's 100,000 people in there, that's different than having 430. <clears throat> and every neighbor's yard probably had at least 60 to 100 camper people in them. Every neighbor's yard had 60 to 100? Yes. I mean, that, does, yeah. that sounds like port- yeah. porta-potties aren't enough. you go down to the, the main drag in front of the racetracks, Georgetown, and there's vendors down there, like it's Carnival City, mm-hmm. and there's 
fireworks going off all night, helicopters flying over. I mean, you don't sleep and <laughs> you don't bathe. Right. And by day three, the crapper is like... Not fresh anymore. Well, let's just say they put a head on it. It, it was uh, not settable. And and I loved it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so you had this, that, that reminds me, um, did you have season tickets to the chiefs for a good chunk Mm -hmm. and then, uh, said enough of this garbage and, and replace them with ticket. Did you have tickets to the speedway? Yeah. There's a season ticket thing for that. Right. Right. And so, um, is that right? Like chiefs are garbage. I'm not, well, that was okay. I think I had season tickets. For 12 years out there, that was pretty much during the Marty Schottenheimer time. Um, Steve DeBerg, Bill Kinney. We had some contenders, but never got, you know, to the next level. Right. Uh, we're, we won a couple, few playoff games back then, but um, remember the year we went, let's see, it was a 16-4. We went 13-3, best in the league. Had the bye, had home field throughout, and the freaking Colts, as it had be, came in and beat us by ten seven. Yeah, by three that was, points. That was the Lynn Elliott game. Yeah, he missed three field goals. It was really warm out there that day. No, it was icy. Yeah, I'm it kidding. Was an ice bowl. And well, like you said earlier, you start having kids and that just wasn't practical. I was, ah leaving for a noon game would leave at eight and would probably get home around eight. Damn. And yeah. And then I have to go to work the next day. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, and then some years passed, the speedway didn't open till 2000, I think. Okay. 2001. And yeah, we got season tickets out there for a few years and it kind of got old. Um, a buddy of mine had a camper so we could stay out there for the weekend and not have to drive back and forth for every day's event. And when he sold his camper, it was like, yeah, you know, um, from where I live in Lee Summit to way out there in the Wizard of Oz land. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty far. Yeah. And, and uh, But Greg and I just went out um, this last race they had in September, and it was it had been a while since I've been out there. It's fun. It's really a for the money. You can bring your own food in. You can bring your own cooler in. That's right. You can park for free. Really? Yeah. And park I think our tickets free. were like, they might have been like 60 bucks a piece. Okay. But we were three rows from the track. Wow. Yeah. Just a little pat in between start, finish line and turn one. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Well, the higher seats are more preferred because you can see all the way around better. But, uh, I mean, if you want to feel it, it was like they come by at 200 miles an hour. It's like you can feel the grit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it sure, I, we had to go buy some official eardrum, earplugs. <laughs> Out there? Yeah. Like you got to your I, seats and it was like, oh, this is way uh, too loud. Yeah, I could feel one of my eardrums was under pressure. Jeez. Yeah. But that's part of the fun of it. Yeah. I mean, that sport, you don't have to just have one person you like and one person you hate, like a lot of sports. I mean, you can root for 36 different people, and right, you can see it, feel it, hear it, smell it, taste it. <laughs> I, it I mean, it, it affects all your senses. Right. Yeah, I like it, but uh, 
I like watching it on TV just as well sure. because you got a commentator telling you who the leader right. is. 25 laps in and it's just now 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 yeah you, you kind of lose track of where I, everybody I'm sure. is you know yeah. uh so that trip for that race was a bucket list item what what else yeah. well i'm gonna go to martinsville speedway next april um where's that virginia okay and where was the one with greg out here at Kansas. No, no, I'm sorry. Where was the one with uh, the hundredth running? Was that oh, Indy? Okay, that was Indy cars, Indy. not NASCAR, but yeah. Um, and for those that don't know, what's the difference between the two cars? Uh, they call Indy cars open wheeled. They're the little look like rocket ships on wheels. Okay. Where stock cars, NASCARs, sure. more supposed to look like a you know something you'd see on the street. Right, right. Yeah, my big. Let's see. Bucket list, bucket list. Some of it involves maybe seeing an old stadium, like maybe going up to Boston or something, see Fenway Park okay. before it falls apart. Or I've never been to Washington, D.C. Um, of course, I wouldn't mind seeing Daytona Speedway. And there's st- lots of other stuff to do besides go to a race when you go to Florida. Right. right? Uh, oh, in 2019, we... Uh, we did the 50th anniversary Woodstock. That's right. And it that was, was, you rented a, what did you rent to get up there? Yeah, we, well, we drove most of the way. When we got within 40 miles, we found an RV to rent. So we just drove it to the campgrounds. And that's all. We just needed a place to stay, right? You just, you didn't have a reservation for one? You just found it nearby? Well, ahead of time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a reservation Oh, okay, for okay. But uh, yeah, that was Tracy and I and two of our good friends and then Kyle and Joel and Greg went. So, um, it was right there on the side of the one 50 years ago when, uh, I think some of the original producers were trying to get some mega thing going and it, you know, they couldn't, they just couldn't make it happen. Mm. There were, uh, logistics issues. They were going to have it at Watkins Glen Speedway and, um, uh, it just uh, didn't work out. But this one was like going out to Sandstone. Sure. You know, three days worth. And um, saw some groups that had actually played there, like Santana and um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Um, it wasn't the whole Credence, but... Right. Uh, what's his name? F- John Fogarty? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was there, and it, it was cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Did they uh, did they know that that's what you were using it for, or the RV rental place? I think so. Okay. I've just yeah. I Burning Man just happened. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw uh, lots of videos. Uh, I guess everywhere around. At, what is it arizona i think mm-hmm. um all of the places are like you're not allowed to rent an rv from us and take it to burning like it is you know here's what happens if you do mm-hmm. and all the videos i saw were of people that were like okay and signed and pay and then did it anyway yeah and they either just like left the thing or or brought it back like you should, mm-hmm. and, and then it, and it, it's totally totally trashed. Oh yeah, because I mean you're in the, what the desert for three days or something, yeah. and everybody's 
Have yeah. you ever done that? No, no. no I'm, I'm. I saw some video. That looks pretty freaky. I, I think like, uh, if the opportunity would have presented itself when I was still in my twenties, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm too much of a chicken to. Is it a music festival? I don't really know. I think it's mm-hmm. a, a hodgepodge of soul cleansing and <laughs> freeing and rediscovery and music and drugs and. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. But I mean. A lot of people go to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it. And it looked like a, looked like, I don't know, just a bunch of nomads. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also saw a, an aerial clip of like just hundreds and hundreds of RVs, go, you know, in route. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think it's a, a a tick removed from civilization. So I think it's a bit of a drive to get yeah. there. But it was like, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, how long were these people sitting, you know, in bumper to bumper RV traffic? Like, <laughs> ugh, I don't know, man. Yeah. But would you? No. No? <laughs> no. I might take an aerial view of it, maybe rent a plane or have somebody fly me over the top of it. When uh, I was watching an episode of the honeydew with Ryan Sickler and uh, Harland Williams, a stand-up comic was his guest and he uh, saw a dude die at burning man. And, and it was some kind of, uh, there's a thing happening. There's a, and a met just a massive, massive fire and just tons of people. Sur- you know, I don't know if it's like a seance or a dance or whatever. And yeah. somebody just in the middle of it, of it all stood and ran and just dove in oh boy and uh i think it's one like it's it's so big that there's a good distance that you have to keep yourself from because you can feel oh yeah the heat so like getting close enough to pull that person out was not an option Uh and it was you know a matter of time before they were toast yeah, but I'd like to have the toxicology on his. Yeah, right, uh, right. What was in his system? Yeah, exactly. Dang. Um, well, we should. Uh, you gave me a great list of records to talk about, but we should uh, take a quick break and then dive into it when we come back. If you're sounds good. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that was the so this below the dining room and all the joists were painted black, mm-hmm. and that was the light fixture above the door. Mm-hmm. So I kept it and painted black just sort of as a little hat tip to the fact that somebody made this a room in the first place right um but i I mean freaking love it down here (laughs) good nice yeah um so when uh when we finally got somewhat serious about making tonight happen uh you came up with a list of five Mm-hmm. records and we'll just if it's okay we'll roll through them chronologically yeah, go ahead so we start in 1969 mm-hmm. with led zeppelin 2 yeah and i may have asked you at the time that you told me i can't remember um but i i'm i don't know if there's a i'm pretty pretty big fanboy when it comes to zeppelin or at least in a previous life i was sure. um but two is fascinating to me. I've uh, four was the first one. That's uh, how I learned of them. Right. Got my copy of four and learned it, you know, front to back. And then uh, I've had some people along the way say that three was the best because of you know you'd got some really incredible Jimmy Page acoustic stuff and you got an immigrant song and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. 
uh, one gives you, you know, some really, really powerful blues ballad tracks with, uh, babe, I'm going to leave you. And since I've been loving you, um, but two, tell me, tell me about two for you. Well, well, let's see. It had whole lot of love on it. Mm-hmm. it had thank you, which mm-hmm. is a, still one of the classic, um, not even rock songs. I'd just say it's a beautifully written it's melody. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and you know, I guess you probably buy an album because of one song, and you just get used to listening through. And if you hear like another compilation and it doesn't go in the order that you're used to hearing it. But I think all those songs are incredibly bluesy and um, it really showed they're evolving from Days and Confused, you know, which was just kind of a, uh, a psycho jazz song or something. Yeah. Um, that they really were good songwriters. Yeah. And incredible musicians. So a whole lot of love kicks it off. What is and what should never be. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. That's a good, the fade in, fade out. Yeah. That's like this a, dreamy, hippie lifestyle vibe, uh, yeah. kind of little journey kind of thing. Uh, Lemon song. You know, it's yeah. Just, I could take that one or leave it. Right. I guess. Um, now, and thank you. I mean, it's just so. It does. You get. You opens with some strumming that's kind of yeah. turned down, and it. I think the, it's a mandolin. Is it? I'm. I'm asking. I, you. I don't it know. Kind of sounds that way. Doesn't it could it? be. Could be. But uh, just so beautiful. Um, now, it turns so so. Uh, you know, I logged way too many years just never moving my dial from the fox yeah just that's just what i <laughs> me too and it, it burned me out on a lot yeah. a lot of stuff like um uh, i don't know uh that i would say this about the whole uh, uh archive of credence but there's a lot of credence that i'm like i don't i don't know if i want to hear that right now like i just yeah too many anyway um <clears throat> i feel like in my years uh, being plugged into the Fox, um, the combo of Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made, mm-hmm. maybe got more play than any other Zeppelin tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, incredibly, they're incredible songs by themselves, and they're really cool if you pit them together like the radio tended to do. I don't right. know if they still okay, do. Yeah. But um, I've, I've heard them too many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so... Yeah. Well, they're... Probably sixty years old now, right? Yeah, that's a fair or at point. At least fifty. There's, there's about to be some repetition, and the Fox. I always thought, you know, maybe on Friday nights or one night that they'd have something called deep tracks. And yes, they could, they could lead off with, you know, the most popular song on an album, and then play some other things off of there. And I don't know if they could hold an audience like that. You know, maybe. Um, audio files would love it right the casual listener would say oh i've never heard this and change the dial right you know um but uh yeah the 102 was the big station when i was a kid that was ky 102 and um that it was incredible to listen going from whb am top 40 all day long yep to listen to album tracks 
And yeah, that's, you know, it was what got me into it. That and Columbia House Records, <laughs> where you could get 10 albums for a penny. Yep. And you only had to buy two in two years. Yeah. And you ended up with about 30. Yeah. Because they just keep bailing them. I know. You couldn't send them back fast enough. Nope. I'm sure I got some albums in my attic that probably never had a tone arm set on them. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least, except for the one song, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, you have, so you have some vinyl. Yeah, I uh, probably still have a 200 or so. And they're in your attic. Mm-hmm. And if you're, what you, for listening purposes these days, are you just like using your phone and a Bluetooth speaker or yeah, something like that? Okay. mostly. I just got rid of a... If you want to hear a, a touching story, I just, uh, when we did the porch renovation, I had a big uh, all-in-one unit that had the AM, FM, and the carousel, five-disc carousel, and the dual... Uh, dual cassette. Right. <coughs> and a friend of ours gave it to us because I needed something that I could hook up my outdoor speakers on. I had to have a bare wire leads... And uh, she goes, well, I don't think the CD player works anymore, and the cassette tape never we never used it, and all that. So I said, yeah, I, at least I'd be able to listen to 101, you know, Chiefs games or whatever. <coughs> and so I get it home, and her husband had just died. She was real good friends of Tracy and ours for a long, long time. And after her husband died, this thing sat down at the Lake of the Ozarks outdoors for several years oh wow yeah and uh so i get it in hooked up in my porch and stuff and yeah the radio works fine you know i could hear the motor on the cassettes running but i i didn't have any cassettes to play anymore and uh so the cd player you could hear it trying to open you know never started smoking but so one day I tried, I said, I'm going to get it open and um, pretty sure that I broke it, you know, but I forced it open and there's like a 16 hole wasp nest in there. <laughs> and that's why nothing's working, right? So I'm digging all that stuff out and uh, force it back, you know, I press close, nothing happens. And so I just figured, well, it's never going to work, you know. <coughs> And uh, so it sat out there just until we remodeled. But uh, one day I came home after another friend of mine passed away, went to his services, and I had burned a CD for his widow, our friend. And uh, I made a copy for myself, too. And I said, what the hell? I'm going to see if it'll play. And by God, it did. No way. And those two guys were really good friends, Grant Grinham and Alan Todd. Or the original owner of the stereo and, yeah. the, and the guy that you made the playlist for? Yep. It wow. Played. And it was like, you got a friend and, you know, it was a kind of creamy stuff or, you know, sure. just about friendship and and stuff like that. And it, it was such a weird deal. And it's worked ever since. No way. Yeah. 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 Off and on, you know, like one disc, it won't read one one of the carousels or something. But, uh, yeah, that should have been trash. And now it's a treasure. And so it's still on the porch? And No. Oh. No, Greg got me some uh, 
Bluetooth speakers. Okay. And there's, instead of all that big contraption there, it's just a little box that bolts to the wall. Okay. Um, but I still got it in my garage. Sure. I'm not sure. You know, the case is kind of old. It was old stereo case that right. I had. And uh, the front door is off of it. The glass door is long gone. But, yeah, that, it's such a good story about that thing never working. And I just said, come on, Grant, let's see if we can do it. And sure enough, it started. Wow. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> um, so... Uh, on the other side of uh, Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made, we've got like a wild trio to close it out. Uh, Ramble on, you know, is is kind of in that same window of 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 Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made. Get a lot, yeah, a lot, lot of play, a lot of play. Sure. But um, I don't know. There's something that's a little bit more compelling about it. I don't know if it's because. You get the soft strumming and that sort of pitter pat, mm-hmm. you know, percussion kind of sound, um, but it's a wildly powerful, popular tune. Yeah. I wonder if some of them that didn't get played, it, if it had to uh, do with how long they were. You know, there's always was a time restraint yep. on how long a song could yeah. be to make airplay. And yeah, I remember it was a big deal way back probably on AM when Hey Jude, because mm-hmm. nobody could play Hey Jude because what, it lasts seven minutes or something. Right, you know? yeah. Or you, uh, or you make it the time that it needs to be to fit that mold, right, but right. then you you cut out all the the beautiful right. repetition of and the that chorus. Was, that's what was cool about FM radio is they would, could play a little longer tracks. Right, right. Um, and then Moby Dick, which yeah. uh, if... If I have to choose uh, between Days and Confused and Moby Dick, I'm going Moby Dick seven yeah. times out of seven. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like a lot, uh, most of the appreciation for Bonham, uh, as in my opinion, one of the, you know, probably top three drummers of all time, mm-hmm. um, you, you pick up. And subtleties and nuance listening to other tracks as a whole mm-hmm. but that's kind of a showcase yeah. for him to yeah, you right. know just you're let right. it all out um and uh bring it on home uh to close it yeah I, I, that's just raw blues right yeah there, isn't it? i mean um, and i i think it's um you know it, raw blues intro and eventually it explodes into like this rock vessel mm-hmm. uh that some for some reason or another just works well mm-hmm. um but i mean quite the record yeah if you um, think about it most of the british invasion was brits trying to sound like uh r&b players yeah you know? yeah and uh it just created a whole new genre of music mm-hmm. yeah um so if two's tops for you, where do one, three, four, House of the Holy, and Physical Graffiti? How what can you rank them? Um, let's see. After that one, I like House of the Holy. I mean, of course, Stairway is the you know probably number one rock song according to lots of people anyway. Sure. Um, but I like House of the Holy better. Um back when I could only get AM 
radio in my Challenger. You go late at night, you could get Beaker Street from uh, somewhere in Arkansas. Okay. And uh, their intro was always the um, ocean. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and so I bought that album thinking that was the whole song. I didn't even know there was lyrics to it. I just thought they would played that riff over oh, funny. and over. Funny. You know? And uh, yeah, so I like that one. Of course, uh, Soho or Four or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah, probably their, what do you call it? Their opus mm, opus mm, opus magnum something, yeah, something like that it, that's probably their what they'll always be remembered for but um yeah physical graffiti has great stuff and it's got a lot of filler and can't say i ever listened to it i have a confession as much as i love music i always waited so long that i could just buy like greatest hits oh yeah for a lot of so if we talk about individual albums right um, with other artists, I do. I think I do have the whole Led Zeppelin collection on CD. <clears throat> but uh, so so three and one are down below Houses of the Holy and Physical Graffiti and four yeah, for you for me. Okay, interesting. And I don't I don't even include Coda and Presence because I I don't think they were very good. But yeah, yeah. Uh, who was it? Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Um, when they went on their own, Jimmy Page had an album. I can't remember what that was, but uh, who was the lead singer? Robert Plant. Yeah, he had one called Now and Zen. Mm -hmm. And there's one song on there where you hear, like, you hear a bunch of the riffs from the old songs. Uh, it, lighten up, baby, I'm yeah, loving you. Yeah, and you hear, like, bang, the wah, bang, wah, yeah. wah from uh, Moby Dick and dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, uh, and uh, I like that. He did a good job on that album, and I think Jimmy Page actually helped him on it. Right. So, you know. Well, now he's... Uh... Robert Plant's doing all the all the stuff with Alison Krauss. No, doing... It, arrangements Ma making or... records and oh, yeah. i think touring oh really um and i'm pretty sure dale is a big allison krauss fan i seem to recall yeah. him getting one or two of her records for, huh. at christmas no, time i didn't know that he's still active then huh yeah well this is a few years ago Studio. but yeah uh, oh uh plant mm -hmm. yeah for sure mm -hmm. um nice speaking of music at christmas i seem i definitely have a memory of you getting uh, a, a hardbound, like large book, like a an encyclopedia or something of rock. One year, you gave it to me. Did I? The discography. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. but it needs to be updated by now. Oh well, sure. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's been a minute. I wonder if they come out every year because there's always new artists, or you know, um, I don't know. I mean, you're. Yeah, I still have that. Kind of the. Not kind. Of, you are the undisputed king of uh, one-liners and cracking wise. Yeah. Uh, and I can't. I can't remember the joke, but it's something when it like got put on your lap. Uh, you made some kind of heavy joke. I don't know. This is a heavy. I don't even know, but oh, yeah. it's hilarious. Does it have heavy metal in it? Maybe <laughs> yeah. something like that. That's okay. it. Yeah. God damn. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. So. 
from 69, we go to 70 and we stay there for two records. Uh, first is uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young with Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, do you remember? I'm sure you do. If I do, you probably do. Do you remember Freedom Rock? Yes. The infomercial trying to sell the. Oh, I bought that. You bought it. How many installments did they come out with? Do you know? Well, I had two two volume sets. Okay. Okay. If they had more than that, I don't know. Right. But yeah, I bought them. Was it KTEL Records or. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just the commercials were so bad. Yeah. Hey man, is that Freedom Rock? <laughs> we'll turn it up, yeah. man. Um, but th- this record uh, opens with "Carry On," and it's for a, just a quick minute. You get this little instrumental mm-hmm. bit, and mm-hmm. that to me, that little portion of that song yeah. is kind of like the the theme for freedom, the real world Freedom Rock. I don't know if yeah. that song that song probably is on Freedom Rock, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just got the set, like just sort of captures the essence of the, you know, late sixties and seventies and Woodstock and it kind of had some airy interludes mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, but those guys, their harmony, I mean, when they had Neil Young, a four part harmony, but even before that, they were just so rich and so succinct on their notes and, you know, yeah starting and stopping at the right time and um you know some of those songs like our house and stuff are maybe kind of cheesy i don't know if they were meant for they were made just to get airplay but um i mean they're sweet and tender yeah but i love uh around the two minute mark of carry on you kind of get this transition into kind of this trippy Santana uh-huh. vibe. And then some bongo. Yeah, and, yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Some real light percussion yeah. coming in. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned Our House, but I mean, t- Teach Your Children is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is it cheesy? I think there's probably good intentions behind both. And so... Well, it, it does have a moral. I, yeah, 100%. You know, it's kind of like the, the song about... You know, uh, the child was born just the other right. day. Uh, cats and cat you in know, the cradle. Kind of like you reap what you sow. Yeah, I yeah, think it was yeah. maybe the point of teach your children. So you teach your children. Our house. Um, there's a couple others on there that. Um, uh, Deja are, vu. Yeah. Um, cut my hair. Well, that, that's where I'm going with this. Is that to me? Uh, almost cut my hair is kind of managed to live on uh, as the powerhouse tune for the record. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, never hit the levels of popularity that some of the others did. But I think it's one of the best tunes on the track. Yeah, the, on the I record. agree with that. Um, let your freak freak flag fly. Yeah, Love what that. a great one-liner, right? Now, uh, no disrespect to you or to the outfit as a whole but for me uh neil young is it really doesn't get much better than that uh with or without him you mean i mean just him by himself like he's oh sure i mean the best of the best i mean all of the joe rogan spotify stuff uh, whatever but yeah uh his body of work as a whole uh is is tops no you're right um and so in that uh i i I include i mean 
I know some people don't like his voice, but I, I consider his voice just as much of an asset as his songwriting and his guitar playing. So mm-hmm. for me, Helpless oh, is, yeah. I mean, one of the best tracks mm-hmm. on the record because that's really the his only f- feature vocally, right? Or is there um, one more? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. Um, Helplessly Hoping was another one on there, right? Um, oh, no, that was on their, I think that might have been their debut album. Okay, yeah. Uh, Woodstock, uh, kind of that, I've heard it, you know, mm-hmm. enough times. Um, t- the title track you mentioned, I barely know that one, uh, yeah. but really nice and some great bass yeah. happening in it. Yeah, that's a good way, I think, to start the, you know, since it's the title track. Yep. Start it, stop it, start it again, like, you know, deja vu. <laughs> I think I've heard this before. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I told this story before on here, but uh, when, uh, when so we were living at uh, 83rd and Lamar when my folks split. And when he moved out, my mom's sister Susie moved in and just, I, I mean, I don't know, to help, whatever. But they ended up buying, they ended up going together and buying uh, 81 Toyota Tercels at the same time. Yeah. Susie's was like silver with black interior. And my mom's was like this burnt orange with like tan interior. And besides that, the only differences was that Susie's had FM radio. Okay. And she sprung, sprung for whatever $200 more. And my mom passed, Mm -hmm. which meant that for many years, WHB was, all there was. Oh, really? Um, so I I got to know the oldies catalog really well, but I'm pretty sure uh, that rolling around wherever we were going, uh, the, our house might be my first memory uh-huh. of like you know hearing music in the car and huh. re- realizing, oh, that's cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, Country girl, three. You, you get a little bit of Neil there. It's three parts uh, and got some some church keyboard kind of sounding and kind of a haunted feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of like the last, they were kind of interconnected. The last two or three songs kind of bled into each other. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And uh, everybody, I love you, I think is the closer, uh, which I was not familiar with, but uh, it's got a cool mix to it. Like uh, however the production person or the engineer did the mixing and gave that song the tone that it has uh makes it makes yeah. it a pretty cool number to me um and four and 20 the four and 20 of course that one's become popular for not its musical quality right, at all right uh I do listen to it once a year <laughs> <laughs> is that is that graham nash on lead vocals it could be i think it is because yeah. i don't i i can clearly identify neil's voice i can definitely identify david crosby's voice i think anyway uh it's a nice it's only barely over two minutes it's it's a quick little yeah yeah that's um, why i thought those two or those last three might be kind of like hyphen hyphen uh yeah four and 20 country girl everybody i love you Mm -hmm. um and I mean, how, how much is there, do you have other Crosby, Stills, Nash records or do you I, ha- I do. I made a compilation, Okay. you know, that included some of their live stuff at Woodstock and, uh, 
when uh, Stephen Stills is saying, this is the first time we've ever played in public, man. We're scared shit. <laughs> you know, you think maybe you'd start out in a little bar with a couple hundred people and you look out and there's 400,000 people looking at you. Is that... Was that the number of attendees for the original? Oh, it's debatable. Sure. It's debatable. There's people probably a mile away, two miles away, that said they were at Woodstock, you know. Right, right. um, Weird. Uh, So we stay in 70 for one more, and it's uh, Moondance. Yeah. Um, You know, Van Morrison's probably... um, one of many artists that I uh, feel slightly foolish talking about because he's such an anomaly that I feel like I should know more about him. Yeah. Like he's a really good songwriter, great, great vocals and plays how many different instruments? Oh, you tell me. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Piano, guitar. uh, I don't know if he's ever picked up a horn, but um, he's, uh, he's something else. Um, and what a way to open a record with, and it stoned me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what is, what, what's happening in that song for you? Let's see. I don't know. Just being amazed at stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the reason I picked that is because every track or every track is good or I've listened to it all the way through so many times that I like it. Um, and I don't know why he never became popular. I thought there was some scandal like the United States was kicked him out of the country once. Oh, really? Got in a drunken fight or Uh something. You'll have to fact check me on that. Sure. uh, It was kind of like the animals when they came with Eric Burden and, uh, the stones, you know, getting caught with $7 worth of marijuana and, you know, they weren't ever going to let them back in the country again back then. What was the thing that you, you posted about, or maybe you texted me, uh, about a story about Eric Burden? Oh, he, then and, he had a birthday recently. I think maybe, are you talking about months ago? Yeah, I think there was a song and you were like, they thought that this was dangerous or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they considered him. I mean, he could have been a communist or whatever, you know. And it, which one did I give you? The one about... Um, I don't remember. But it was. I feel like it was three minutes and change, not a, not a long song. Anything. For you, my friend, I do anything. I think that's it. I think that's. I mean, the it's one. such a lovely ballad. He talks about his lover and his son and friend, and uh, you know, for them to think, oh, this is a dangerous, subversive person. <laughs> you know, uh, it's silly. But yeah, they had something against him too. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know if this is accurate. Fact check me, but uh, I feel like Anne Stone Me was the first rock song uh that incorporated a horn in mm-hmm. such a way that it's just i mean it's like a moth to light like how can you not be drawn yeah. to and this? that came out in 70 you said mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that it's probably early when they uh gosh darn i'm trying to think of like I mean, James Brown and stuff is kind of oh, yeah. happening around. But, but you wouldn't even call that rock. No, if you're, no, no, you wouldn't. If you're going to separate by 
what we consider rock. Right. And that's such a wide genre. Mm-hmm. You could slice that in a million pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Title tracks next, and sort of in the same vein of a first, you know, to have the horn with the rock. Uh, there's this. I don't know if this is the right term, but it feels like there's like some calypso happening in that song. Uh, I mean, it, it, the way that the the tempo or the sound, both, yeah. both. I mean, maybe it's maybe the tempo is just you know a lot of the ivory tickling that's kind of background noise uh-huh. right. um but you know that's uh it's, it's kind of a, a, a medication you know for mm-hmm. for the human race that tra- that song uh you listen to that and maybe you're you'll, you'll be a little less shitty tomorrow yeah. than you were today let's hope so uh crazy love um another good one yeah caravan that, that's token van uh-huh. to me um and then into the mystic yeah i mean that uh, foolish to try to put words yeah. to that song to describe that song um but interesting um those first five like i would argue a lot of people would know Right. Perhaps know well. Mm-hmm. And then there's five more tracks and at least three of them. Like I, I, I guess I've never listened to moon dance all the way through cause I didn't know them. Yeah. Um, but you've got, um, uh, let's see, uh, everyone I knew and, uh, good tidings I knew too, but the other mm-hmm. three that I didn't write down, um, I, I didn't know before. And I was like, just interesting that it was like the first one five and so you got every uh the first track on the album no you said that after after the first five let's pull it up so we've got this one i started listening to more recently uh come running so after into the mystics in the five slot and Uh then you got five more you got come running these dreams of you, brand new day, everyone, glad tidings. Um, so just weird that you know, uh, track track sequence has always been fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Zeppelin Four, Zoso. I mean, it's like you open with Black Dog and rock and roll. And it's like, holy, one, two punch. And then you got Battle of Evermore Uh kind of wedged in there. And then I think Stairway follows, perhaps. And then um, then I I can't recall Side B too well right at the moment, but I know that record closes with When the Levee Breaks. Uh You know, so just, I I always think about, so anyway, you know, you kind of get, a popular or, or a well-played track in, in curious spots. Like they almost seem random. Right. And then this, this one, this record with 10 tracks and five ri- ridiculously popular, mm-hmm. all kind of right there in the first half. Just interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Even the last five brand new day start sounding almost like gospel. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like um, it's very uplifting song and and maybe you know the way you position your songs if you want someone to listen through your whole album you got to put a little cookie at the end yeah 
and not everything up front. Right. And uh, I've tried to do that on some CDs I burn, sure. you know, to keep the audience. Yeah. You know, or you it's know, an art like, form. I did a uh, like thirty-four songs of Steely Dan, and not all, every one of them is really good, but. You know, if you've heard it once, it's okay to listen to it again if you're waiting for, you know, Ricky, don't lose your number, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, I wonder how they come up with it, if the artists get to decide or if the record producer does it. I'm sure it varies. Like like you said, back then, everything had a side A and B, Mm -hmm. and maybe you wanted all the heavy stuff on side A, I guess. Yeah, how how much of his other stuff do you, are you familiar with, Van Morrison? Brown Eyed Girl, and but album wise, uh, we have one that Tracy ordered that was probably been a while. It's probably the mid seventies. He came out with that one, and I can't tell you the name of it. Sure, but it had some nice, sounded the same, sounded the same kind of music as everything. And he had one popular one on there, but it escapes me right now. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, and let's see here. Astral Weeks, of course. Uh, his band in the Street Choir. Yeah. That's a really good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Also from 70. Uh, Tupelo Honey. St. Dominic's Preview from 72. Very good. I don't have any of those. Um, And then um, there's a San Francisco live recording. What's that called? Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember, but it's it's a double album. Um, Maybe if I just go back to live albums, it'll tell me. Oh, A Night in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, 1994. Um, just killer. Really, oh, yeah? really fun. Well, maybe I'll be on my Christmas list. There you go. Year. There you go. Um, love that dude, though. I don't, uh, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I could tell you uh, a Cat Stevens track besides Cat Cats in the Cradle. Uh, no, that wasn't. That was, uh, wasn't that? Oh, shit. I thought it was. Is it not? No, I want to say Bob Dylan, but that's not no. right. But that's not right. Absolutely not. But it's a it's a guy that... Harry Chapin. Okay. My, my mistake. Um, what, what Cat Stevens song am I thinking of? Oh, Very Young. No, like uh, super, super he popular. one about the moon too okay well anyway uh you know uh i don't know like i said i, I don't know i feel like i should know more about him than yeah. i do but yeah. I, have, I haven't done it yet yeah. all the radio stations banned him when he when he became muslim right yeah. no no fly lists yeah. that, that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, yeah he had a lot of stuff and that it's uh a lot of it has to deal with reflections of life and stuff. So, yeah, Cat Stevens was all right. Yeah. Um, so we take a little little bit of a leap for your next one, which is 1973. 
Yes songs. Yeah, yeah, my favorite favorite album ever. For real. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, I I really can't. I think the first time I ever heard him, I was in seventh grade. I mean, if you look back at their history, they were around since maybe the late '60s and. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Yes Songs was a live version of everything they'd done up to then, which was fragile and close to the edge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know where it was, but um, a friend of mine got it from his older brother, and the artwork was incredible. Uh, I There's um, a whole thing about it. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Roger Dean was the the English artist, sculptor, and architect that did that for them and some other album artwork i think i read uriah heap and uh asia which was kind of an offshoot of yes but that was cool um and it, and it was prog rock yeah and up till then i was listening to like leonard skinner alban brothers yep. southern rock and arena rock like foreigner sure you know rario and um it was different it incorporated classical music i mean one of them they open all their concerts with the uh, excerpts from the firebird suite yeah you know and then it moves into you know just crushing it and it, six wives of henry the eighth are on one of them rick wakeman i saw him live he had he was had a circle of keyboards yeah synthesizer mellotron electric piano organ and it, it, it he wasn't missing a beat. Right. You know, and it's, they were all very masterful, but, uh, together they, they wrote about deep subjects and of course they never got any airtime. I mean, there's... close to the edge was a whole side of an album, you know, so you don't hear that on the radio. No, no. And even, uh, so I think there's three all, all in a row, kind of like we were talking about with, uh, the, the tail end of deja vu. Uh, but roundabout, I've seen all good people, mm -hmm. and long distance runaround. Those aren't the versions that are on here. Don't necessarily sound like the versions we used to get on the radio, or still get on no, the radio. The studio versions, yeah, they yeah. were a little shorter, and you know they had transitions where every artist got, you know, to showcase their talents. You know, whether it was the bassist or sure. um, the drummer, and I remember, well, later on, you know, you heard Owner of a Lonely Heart was on 90125. Yeah. But, but they, that was such a commercial, that was out of character for yes, and that's, in my opinion. And that's my first, yeah. you know, and I think I went, and also, just moved to Atlanta, we have MTV mm -hmm. for the first and really only time. Uh, but that was really, really heavy in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the video? No. It's just a, uh -huh. a dude. Like, I, there's some shit going on in his life, but he winds up on the roof of this building no. and jumps off and I've turns into an eagle that. and yeah. flies away. No, it's so bizarre. That. You sure he didn't run into the Burning Man <laughs> fire? <laughs> Positive. <laughs> yeah. um, but I totally was like, ooh, I want to listen to more Yes, if that's what they sound uh -huh. like. Not what they sound like. No. Um, no, but that album's fairly good. Right. The other tracks. But uh, I think they just 
they thought they needed a commercial comeback and that was never who they were. They didn't care if they had a 20 minute song that they're not going to chop it down. So right. the radio station would play it for them. Um, so I've, I don't think I've ever looked this up. So I'm curious, uh, what, how would you, if somebody said you had to give them a definition of prog rock, what would you say? Um, I guess more sophisticated, um, more like a rock opera, you know, like you can't really tell a complete story in two and a half minutes. No. If that's what you're, you know, like a little ditty about Jack and Diane or something. <laughs> Good song, but you know, you got two verses and two refrains and that's it. He's coming like you real know. soon. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I probably won't go, but yeah, uh, I can't afford to see anybody anymore. Right. I know. Um, so progressive. Taunt- that meant they used a little more synthetic sound, but it's not like the music of today where a guy can press two notes and the whole, you know, that's the last time you have to hit a drum beat. Right. You know? Yeah. But they, they belabored a lot of their work, I think. Most people might be turned off on them, but it just, it was different to me. It was like reading a, a novel instead of a comic book as far as music goes. Nice. Um, I like that analogy. Yeah. Uh, and, what about, to me, time signatures are either you're, you're playing a, a, not, a less common time signature or you're moving in and out of different time signatures is yeah. that part of the prog rock thing too? yeah and i don't know that a lot of people like that you know a it's... lot of people like a constant beat and everything and they they really had some nice soft licks but then they'd go back and it would keep going back to maybe what you heard right at the beginning right you know the beginning riff or beginning drums or whatever and it's a little unsettling but if you're telling a story about trans um, going from life to death and going through the threshold where your soul sees things for the first time. Yeah. There's going to be some turmoil. Yeah. And like close to the edge, it really gets just really uh, flat notes and, you know, it just really kind of grates at you. Yeah. But then when it comes out, it just flows into this like, you know, like you're looking at the world for the first time right. and all fluttery sounding. And, um, it's, so uh, I guess you got to take that angst. Yeah. Well, know? it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a tension and release paradigm where, right. Very uh, good. part of the journey might not feel like the most comfortable thing, uh-huh. but if you sort of weather the storm, then the reward is well worth the, the you know, the, the suffering or whatever you want to yeah. call it to get there. Um, but this is, um, you have that intro that you mentioned and then they, in this order after that intro go 903, 1133, 1411 and 933 are there. The, the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that's, there's a lot of different ways in which that's really bold. I would think for, you know, the record, uh, the, the music sales industry in uh, any era, but especially uh, 1973, yeah. uh, you know, labels are 
I think forming or form like the big monster labels yeah. are now out there and right. they're going to pony up to make your project happen and then they'll be reimbursed with sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I I don't I don't know the story about uh give, you know, how this went in terms of them saying to the record label this is what we're going to make or if they didn't tell them anything and they just handed it to them or what, but I don't know. I got to imagine a couple people bristled. Yeah. At, you know, it's not Well, gonna... and they never they were never one of the top when you think of, you know, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the Who back in that era, you know, nobody talks about yes. No, not really. Uh, they didn't get airplay. If you don't get airplay, you can't pack arenas. Right. And But I mean, if but... you're making music to please a music publisher or a record label, you're a phony. Yeah. You know? And that's what I thought, you know, like Pink Floyd. They got to play their own music, and they, they were so popular just by one album that they could, the radio stations would play anything they made. <laughs> you know, it never happened for Yes. Uh, right. It was earlier, maybe, well, eh, not that much earlier. No, They've no. They've been around about the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, I know. So this, you, like you mentioned the two albums um, and uh, they, there was a tour in support of each album and, uh-huh. and they, to make this record, they, they took, uh, performances from okay. each of those two tours oh, and yeah? kind of put the thing together. Oh, thank you. I never knew that. Well, I think I think it was like um, six or seven or eight shows uh-huh. that they took tracks from, um, and you know, I, without knowing, I would guess uh, with certain confidence that uh, most of the shows that they're pulling tracks from were were well attended. Yeah. And I, I would suspect that over their the over the whole their whole as long as they've been around and touring, they probably get well attended shows, and all of the people there or most of the people there are probably pretty hardcore fans. Yeah. So they're gonna dig whatever it is they're serving up. Yeah, maybe maybe they were kind of cultish because you know they they it wasn't an FM, it wasn't a top forty song right. or whatever. So yeah. The followers that they have are true, and I think what they just lost Chris Squire this year, and uh, the drummer Alan White, he died a few years back, but John Anderson can't hit his soprano notes anymore, and uh, they had to replace him. We saw him in Starlight, and they had a younger guy singing that it was tried his best, but it still made me cry because oh. I had my kids with me, and it was like... This is great. They showed up with sticks. They were actually the lead off band for sticks. Okay. And I would have, I might have switched that around if it had been up to me. Right. But even uh, you know who, Jimi Hendrix opened for back in the day. No. The Monkees. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um. They uh. So do you own this one on vinyl? Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I got like three copies. I found one. I brought it with me. If you Can want. we see it? Sure. Because I hear it's the th- three-fold, like, uh-huh. gorgeous. Let's see. Yeah, I brought some interesting 
album covers because that's one thing that sold records. Remember Cheech and Chong's Big Bamboo? No. It's got a huge rolling paper. That used to be a brand of rolling papers. Okay. Had a big old rolling paper in there. Here, probably show, put, show that camera. You nice. Could probably, <laughs> you could probably put an ounce of weed in that rolling paper. Oh, I love it. You'll notice it's missing. Right. <laughs> so, somebody who owned that record before you must have must have used it. And they, here's one. All right, Foreigner. Look like a jukebox. Oh yeah. Right. Had one. Oh, Alice Cooper spent a lot of money on his stuff. School's out. It's supposed to look like a desk that you lift up. Oh, funny. It's got little feet on the back that you can stand it up. So wow. So it sits like this. What There's a bubble gum stuck on the back, <laughs> on the underside of the desk. And people's names scribbled in it and shit. And what else? I just, you know, they, they can't spend this kind of money and nobody buys CDs, anything anymore. You used to get all kinds of information. This is... CCR. Oh yeah. With a, you know, you could read about Fogarty, Fogarty, you know, got little snippets of each guy. How funny. And uh, they just can't afford to do that. And it seems like maybe that's why music is suffering because as an artist, how can you make money if people can play your shit for free? You know, it's not like they have record sales anymore, and you got to have what streams a million likes before you get paid anything. No, really. You ever seen Paradise Theater by Styx? Have you ever seen the vinyl? No. I'll let you hold this up to the camera. It actually has cherubs etched in the grooves of the record that you can see. You'll have to hold it up to the light, just right. Oh, I can see. I mean, how creative is that? Oh, that yeah. you actually still can play the music. Sure and that was kind of some of the gimmicks they had to do to sell albums. I'm not sure that that'll pick up. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think some. there's another album. Somebody else, another artist, maybe one of your listeners know. But I've, I know somebody else has tried to do that. But anyway, and there's Yes songs. Like you said, it's got a it's threefold. This every page is something pretty cool. This all the floating mushrooms. Wow. And uh, yeah, the one, let's see what's on the back. I guess this one. Kind of like two elks separated so close but so far away. Wow. Um, just cool graphics. Um, I saw that uh, the dude, uh, what, what Dean? Roger what, Dean. Roger right? Dean. He yeah. tried to sue Peter Jackson for fifty million dollars be, for be, uh, because some likenesses of this artwork, I think, oh, yeah. uh, were in um, Avatar. Oh yeah. Did you ever see that? I've seen the first one, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the I, it got thrown out. Oh, yeah. They were like, "No, I don't think so. Doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't look like he ripped you off." But well, it was futuristic looking. I mean, just like little everything kind of looked like a mushroom or a root or something. Sure, but uh, it, it's 
part of the you know allure yeah was the cool design uh, for sure yeah anyway very well, I nice hope everybody can see it okay, oh yeah but you said you have three copies of that? Oh, I bought it over and over. Oh, okay. I have cause... three vinyls. I probably had a cassette. I wow. had two copies in CD, and I need another one because all good people is skipping. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, did, was there anything else in the bag that you skipped, or was that everything? Oh, those are all the albums I brought. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I talked about. I talked about my buddy. Uh, burnt him an album, Celebrate Me Home. And that's the one that the first time that old piece of shit uh, CD player ever worked. And this, you know this buddy from? Uh, he went to St. Francis and then Hogan and then Southwest. He is in my wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three well, of my. Speaking of Cat Stevens, it leads off of the Cat yeah. Stevens oh, track. Yeah, I bet it does. Uh, I had somebody on here that was telling me, and I haven't done it yet, even though I said I would. Uh, that there's a lot of really, really good shit from Chicago that I should check out. Because for me, sort of like Owner of Lonely Heart, like mm-hmm. the solo Peter Cetera shit and some of the right before he went, some of the Chicago was a little poppy. Yeah. But I, but I, I guess yeah. a lot of their older stuff is really, really good. Yeah, Are that you... was the first concert I ever went to. Really? Out at or a Royal Stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Joe Walsh. Cat Stevens again. Chili Peppers, nice. Mm-hmm. Stones, Clapton, Eagles. Kenny Loggins, there's some Eric Burden and the Animals. Harry Chapin, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cats in the Cradle. Um, Moonshadow. I've never really listened to Jim Croce, but you got him on here twice, I think. Yeah, um, and some good reflective music. That Blind Faith, Can't Find My Way Home. We might have heard that on the boat that day Can't find I love that tune Long and Windy Road uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay we definitely heard <laughs> your sister got she's, that's a, she's got a soft spot for that one yeah I don't remember the story behind it mm-hmm. but that's cool yeah well we uh, we, we leap to the, the a later portion of the 70s for to close out your list and it's uh, 77's Rumors by Fleetwood Mac yeah um, and, um, I said, it's easy to love and hard not to hate this record a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's, it's really, it's really amazing that this isn't a greatest hits yeah. record that it's well, one. and that's why I picked it. I wouldn't say Fleetwood Mac, their whole body. I could say I could probably make a CD better than that one with pieces from other sure. albums, yeah. but front to back. I mean, I think it still might be in the top ten of all time selling albums. I mean, I think it's maybe five, maybe top five. Yeah. I mean, because you got what, Thriller, Dark uh, Side. Thriller got passed by Eagles' Greatest Hits finally uh, again. That doesn't count. And Dark Side of the Moon. So I think Thriller slipped to three because well, we're still I was buying those. No, I was just they, trying to list the top five. Oh, okay. But. I mean, thrillers in the conversa- conversation, dark sides in the conversation. Rumors has got to be right there with yeah, those. I, I mean, think so. it's it's really amazing. Yeah. Like yeah, um, I that as a Christmas present too. That's... Dreams, I think, is probably still my favorite on the on the record. Uh, great drums. Um, oh, there's a lot of songs that I I don't want to listen to anymore because yeah. I've heard them. So, but and you you make love and fun as one of those. But yeah. that the bass. 
that kind of slappy, groovy, yeah. clav-sounding bass is undeniably great. Um, so, so you have a, a decent amount of their other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Tracy and Tracy likes it all. Sure. I mean, it's just very easy listening and um, groovy music. Um, were you ever a South Park guy? Did you ever watch South Park? Very few times. Okay, so I suppose you never saw the movie? No. <laughs> Bigger, longer, uncut, I think. Yeah. It's so bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a scene in there. I don't. They're at some kind of festival. I don't remember what's going on. But uh, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the time of the festival when Stevie Nicks has a performance. <laughs> and they pan to the stage, and there's just a goat. Yeah. And it's just it's <laughs> oh, that's cold. So good. That's cold, man. Oh man. Um they've got a really I mean if you think about um you know male female uh rock fans otherwise they've probably got one of the yeah. farthest reaches right. as an artist I as a group. I think that's why the old Eagles album uh, country and western fans love yep. that stuff, yep. you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Good stuff though. Um I for a minute there uh when we first started talking um it seemed like you were down to come do an episode with me, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that I was ever going to get any actual records from you. Yeah. And then we're just you're just like Rent just fine. Well, I'm like, see, let me. I, I gotta, I gotta I get a pen and paper. I told you the first time you asked, Did, like, do you have a favorite album? And I think I said yes songs. Oh, oh, uh, I think. Okay, but yeah, it didn't take me long. Maybe rumors. I, oh, dang, there's just so many you I can know. go through. Like uh, Asia, Steely Dan, Asia, front to back's pretty good. And I'll know if you know if you're a Steely Dan fan, but. Um, I'm yes. I I've not even even bands that weren't really that good. Sometimes they just had a uh, an album that would come out, and maybe four out of eight, four out of ten would get a little bit of airplay, and that would spur you to buy it. Mm-hmm. I I stopped buying CDs if it was only because I wanted one song. Smart, smart. Um, but there's, well, I could have mentioned. Joe Walsh's The Smoker You Drink, The Player You Get. Yeah. And I bought it because of Rocky Mountain Way. Yeah, a killer tune. We don't want to get much higher, but yeah. you listen to it enough, and you're just waiting for that next one, Midnight Moody's or whatever. It's, he's a good artist. Uh, he's in a very interesting and, cat, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. he's had, like, whatever, not, not now, but the sort of original... 70s 80s window that the eagles was really mm-hmm. you know it's like he was in and then he was out and it was like there was friction for oh, whatever yeah. but Hell but froze over but the song the songs that he that they put out when where that he's a part of yeah they they are well fantastic he, he helped them reinvent themselves there you go the that's what it is country sound and rock to uh, more deeper cuts i think maybe one of their best songs might be um <laughs> those shoes oh i like that one that's him on Talkbox guitar isn't it she came from providence one in rhode island last oh. resort okay it's about how the white man kept pushing westward and shooing people out of the way as they went and then they get to 
like Santa Monica and there's nothing left, you know, except to watch the hazy sun sink in the sea and Oh wow. Um, yeah, it's a What a trip. And it's a it's got some real nice soft interludes where you can barely hear the piano and um is it on I think it's on well, I guess it's on Hotel California. Mm. But anyway, I, I probably got you off track. No, 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 you're good. You're totally, It's uh, that's great. That's. Uh... But I got to sit with Joe Walsh was in a suite when Tracy got us tickets to the Rolling Stones at Arrowhead mm-hmm. when she was in the ad business. And uh, Joe Walsh was in there and they had a little uh, miniature grand piano in there and he was playing along with the Stones really? for a while. And I'm sitting at the end of the piano just like we're all buddies. And wow. Shit. <laughs> that's awesome hey, how you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um well um you know i i was talking to somebody else about on a different episode about the you know sort of the path and the journey of life and uh it wasn't you know until now-ish in my 40s where it's like i can i sort of have everything unpacked you know, invisible on a, on an imaginary shelf. And I can kind of see, um, and for as hard as it was, uh, for me, uh, and probably Tiff too. And when our folks split, I mean, we couldn't have, um, hand selected a better family to sort of be absorbed by. Uh, and it started with your folks. I mean, they were, um, sweet and loving and caring and treated us, made us feel, you know, equal to everybody else and um i i remember um I, you know i have a handful of good fun farm memories uh-huh. um and um i definitely remember uh i don't know if everybody was playing cards or poker or something but all but all the dads all the dudes mm-hmm. you probably weren't a dad yet were sitting around like a card table drinking beers and yeah. i kept taking your beer and wiping the sweat off of it just for like the longest time just because it was silly and goofy and you thought it was silly and goofy at first and then like you're like you're making my beer warm you realize and i'm like oh now i'm gonna do it even more (laughs) but i mean a lot lot of you guys were so young back then you and tracy uh you know riding tractor and throwing football and uh just a lot of good times um but you know above perhaps all that you you've managed to um i don't i don't know if it was happenstance or coincidence or effort or a whole bunch of different things but you and tracy uh feel like it feels like you guys figured it out like how to you know be buddies and partners and probably took us a while to get everything on the shelf like you said right right you know, we waited. We got married in 81, didn't have Kyle till 88. Right. And so we were living the good life, you know, had a couple sure. new cars, sure. new jobs, and be able to go out on a moment's notice. Right. And then you have a kid, and, and we planned it, you know. Sure. But um, 15 months later, we didn't plan on having two more. Um, that kind of happened by accident. And Are there twins on her side some oh she she is a twin that's right that's right she's a twin yeah funny so and i don't know if that had anything to do with it but um you know that 
kind of tilted the shelf and everything fell off. <laughs> and You're you like, have God to get, it. you have to rebuild yeah. it and stack yeah. it back up again. So well, by the time I was mid thirties, you know, I'd been at UPS for fifteen years, starting to have get good routes that weren't always in the ghetto or sure. you know, industrial places where everything you picked up was seventy five pounds and you know, I followed when we lived at 67th and Blue Ridge, off of Blue Ridge. I bid that route. And then when I got transferred, we bought that house in Raintree. And they shipped me from James Street out to Lenexa. I took that Lee Summit route. And I was on that for 19 years before I decided that it was just too hard on my neck and back and shoulders and every other joint in your body. So that's, I calmed it down. I worked at the customer counter for a while. I just ran real early air, you know, just in the morning, overnight stuff. And then I started driving over the road and it was like working for a whole different company. There was no more time standards, nipping at your heels, spying on you. They just wanted you to be safe driving them rigs. Right. You know, and they, they didn't care. I'd take one load from James Street down to the West Bottoms. That'd give me an hour and a half, where it's, what, maybe a 20-minute drive? I mean, they just went, <laughs> you know, he probably yeah. got maybe a million dollars worth of merchandise sure. in one load. Yeah. And they don't want to pay claims for that junk. No, and they and or the or, nor do they want a, a death or a, you know, a right. rig to roll. Oh, yeah. or, I mean. I kept having recurring nightmares of some minivan just slamming on their brakes in front of me and i'd wake up in the middle of night in a cold sweat for real yeah for how long i mean you just see people do so many stupid things you're a little bit higher than everybody else and you can see if they're on their phone or masturbating or you see everything i'm sure you see everything when you're driving at night man and uh well it just i mean i was safe but i was still it just it's kind of like if you're an elevator operator for 15 years and you go to bed and you still feel like you're coming well, to a yeah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, I don't know. I didn't, uh, I don't miss it. Right. I miss all my friends. Sure. Lots of, hundreds of friends. And uh, maybe I'll entice them to watch this episode. <laughs> you should. Yeah. I said you can see me making a fool of myself. Right. So. Um so, but back on the two of you, uh, you know, then you have Kyle and then you have Greg and Melissa. And I mean, they all just have uh, a really remarkable sweetness to them. Like they're just really, you know, I know them as well as I know them, but I've always felt like they're, they have good hearts. They're really good human beings. And I mean, I think it's a think product so. of their environment, which is you know, their mom and dad. And so like, how, how did, how'd you do it? Like, what's the, what's the key there? Um, I, I give Tracy the credit for that. I was gone a lot, you know, I was working 12 to 16 hour days. And so, yeah, but they let always been clear that they very much love you and you're, you're a sweet guy yourself. Right. So she, you know, she gets a bunch of the credit, but some of it, you know, goes well, to you. I, I don't know. I, I guess as much hell as I raised and found out that my parents could be furious with me but not give up on me, 
mean, my parents never gave up on me. When I was at the bottom of the barrel, um, should have been dead, like a lot of my friends. And uh, But I always had that family, and maybe some of it ramp, rubbed off because they treasure family. They seem like they're sincere. I'm afraid they're a little bit too naive for the world we live in. Who's this? Your my kids. Your kids? Yeah, okay. They, I mean, they... They would like to trust everybody, and of course we all would, but there's and there's so many trolls and hackers and, you know, identity theft, and I hope I gave Creeps. them enough smarts to avoid that without turning bitter and cynical. Right. And Tracy's just so mellow. She's like, she lets things roll off of her, and I think that was a good nurturing uh, attitude. Uh, I was pretty strict, I guess, you know, or tired, didn't have time for you. And I regret that. But when it all came out, we taught them the work ethic and honesty, nothing. You could crash my car and I wouldn't do anything. But if you lied about it, I'd probably be looking to hurt you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lying to lying to your mother. That was maybe the only time they'd ever get a whooping from me is they found out they were lying to their mom or disrespecting her. But that didn't happen. I mean, we didn't have to spank them that much. Sure, sure. One kid gets in trouble and the other two are just, oh, I'm in line now. Yeah, yeah right? You probably, with four of yeah, them, yeah. eventually, oh, only yeah. one person had to get in trouble yeah. to teach everybody a lesson. So, I mean, do you think that the three of them are, you know, if you and Tracy, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, have like uh, a, a decent level of happiness? And, 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 well, I'm real happy. Okay. And I, th I think she is too. I, I don't, I'm not. Um, but do you think the three of them are already on that track or are they on the way to it or? Yeah. I mean, almost to a detriment. For Kyle, I think he doesn't need a whole lot of material stuff, which is a virtue. Mm -hmm. But we want him to flourish, you sure. know, to be able to take care. Of, they're getting married next year and, you know, to have a dec decent lifestyle and build up that security at the end where you're not, you know, living on the welfare or something. And, uh, but they all are hard workers yeah oh they i mean since yeah. maybe they were hard workers before they were even driving i don't know i feel like they've well, always yeah. been hard workers i mean even we helped them buy a car but it was you know they had to have a job before that afford the insurance and yeah i don't know you're asking me for a secret formula i think i just got good kids it's uh, I can't even take credit for much of it. <laughs> well, in, in my mind, I can't. Right. I mean, I was, I was a bad influence to tell you the truth. Well, you know? I mean, but they love, they love the shit out of you. I mean, yeah, not yeah. to slight yeah, how they I feel about the their mom, but it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be around and to see. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad. And then, uh, you know, when we were on the boat, I, I'm not going to try to quote you verbatim, but. I feel like you alluded to uh, some version of winning the son-in-law lottery. Like you're a pretty big fan. Yeah. Is that accurate? Oh yeah, yeah. Charlie's a hard worker. He loves Melissa, and 
Yeah, I'm, I hope the best for them. They just bought a house in Lee Summit, so okay, they are uh, they on their journey. Sure, only have twenty nine years and eleven months to go, and they own that baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I mean, that's really, right. just last month they moved in. And Funny, How, so are are they now closer to you than they were mm, previously? Yeah, they were over there at seventy six in Washington. Okay. Renting. Yeah. A tiny house. It couldn't even been a thousand square foot. It was tiny. So was it coincidence that they landed in Lee Summit, or did no, they? Find... Charlie actually said he wanted to live here. At first, when they first lived together, they had a house over by Lake Jacomo. Okay. Um, that they were renting, and it had, God, it must have had almost an acre of land, you know, and uh, they lived there for two or three years, and. Uh, then the guy wanted to sell the property, so they ended up in Waldo, and that was convenient for, you know, pretty close to your sisters and mm -hmm, everything. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Charlie said, no, I like Lisa, and they uh, they just moved in, so we're and excited. And his, his folks are where? They are outside of Tulsa. Okay. I think, it, I think it's called Broken Arrow. Okay. Arrows, or Oklahoma. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked a little bit about projects and bucket list stuff and trips and, um, if, if tomorrow you woke up and, uh, you, for however it has happened, you are now, um, in the possession of more money than you or your kids or anybody in your circle could spend before they're all dead. What do your days look like? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, are there super simple things like maybe hanging out on the porch or that 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 bring you joy i know i know music and mm -hmm. going to events and yeah but generally speaking what would your average day look like you think well i would like to say it would be helping others if i had buku of money and time sure um yeah i'd like to see probably like Niagara Falls and we've never I've never been anywhere except Mexico out of the United States never been to Europe I think Tracy would probably like that and I wish we would have been able to do it younger right I don't want to take the gray tour <laughs> <laughs> across Europe you know um, where you got to stop show up every, gonna... every 15 kilometers because someone's got to change their diaper right or something. right um <laughs> So I, you know, if I don't know, I guess would probably travel. Do some travel. Do probably some travel. Helping other. Where's where's this helping others thing come from? Is that uh, a runoff from your mom and dad? Like where? Well, yeah, they did, and I. It's just something I've never been able to do. You know, I always thought at Christmas time instead of us trading, you know. $50, $40 gifts, whatever that somebody might want but not need. It'd be a lot better like if we teamed up. Say like you and me, we go out and we have $100 a piece and we go to a grocery store and say, I want to pay for the lady behind mm. me. I or, love it. you know, or go to Goodwill and see some lady, you know, lamenting that she can't buy a toy for her kid. And, you know, I, and maybe we could record it and show when we come together at Christmas, show what you, Ooh, me and you did. I mean, and, 
instead of Jessica, you now have another project well, to shepherd. Right, right, and I want her on my team. By the way, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Except she'd cry every time. Well, it's, I, I, she won't. She won't be the only one, yeah. guaranteed. I, that would be cool for you know? sure. For and not sure. to take credit, you know, it'd have to be more like a real secret Santa. But if if one of you could be like just dart in line real fast before somebody with the whole sack of stuff. You know, maybe the other person could be like looking at their phone, but they could be actually recording it. Sure. So then you walk out. You don't want anything. No. Or, you know. No. Well, I, it's it's a really great idea, and I it, you know, uh, I struggle every year um, not only to put together a list because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm not. I don't have an, an abundance of wealth, but I'm not on welfare. And generally speaking, if there's something that I need or want, I, I, I go buy it right. for myself. And right. so it feels uh, we we're sent, we're sending one another out mm-hmm. into the world to, to buy some things that we could buy for ourselves. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I like, I like that idea. Well, the much gift better. giving is a real sign of in what, Christmas is supposed to be about, you know, the gift of life that Jesus sacrificed for us. And, and uh, some people in our circle really love it, really love the shopping, whether it be online or in the mall. And nowadays, like you're going to set a $30 limit. I mean, what are you really going to get somebody? You know, socks. I get three rolls of duct tape. Maybe? Screwdriver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what do you want and what do you need? I want a lot, but I don't need much. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. I love it. I'm not rich now, but I'm not bankrupt. And I got a steady stream of income. And, and it's getting eaten away by inflation because, sure. you know, fixed incomes don't go up when everything else does. No. So. So you own your house, got a couple cars that's paid for, hardly any credit, and what do I need? I don't need much. No. I need my to family. See, to see your kids. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I, I love smiling. I, I've come up with a saying, a philosophy, that you only age when you're not smiling. So I like if you it. you got a bunch of worries hanging on you, you got a bunch of grief that you can't shake, but as long as you're smiling, you ain't going to age. Nice. Right? I think that's a really good note to end on. Yeah, good deal. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I know that it, we're not down the street from one another, and now it's dark, and I'm sure you have stuff going on at home that you could be doing or would rather be doing, but I really appreciate you hey, coming this, and this doing it. fun, Blair. Yeah. I really liked it, too. Um, so, like I, I was telling you, um, it, it, it'll be a couple weeks, but I'll – you, you'll you it'll be if you want to watch it on youtube or listen to it on spotify whatever i'll, I'll send the mm-hmm. things to you and okay you can do share them with your friends or right. don't share them at all or whatever right. whatever you feel like doing um illegal dissemination <laughs> <laughs> all right strictly prohibited right uh thank you so much man yeah. i appreciate it Blair, right on thanks all right yeah talk to you all right Thirty-six.